Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of a podcast about something, where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me from the edge of a cinematic universe, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. I'm from the outside looking in, and it's not looking good. As we said, this is our penultimate episode of a podcast about something, the second to last one Next week will be the grand finale of all grand finales of a podcast about something. Uh, And being our second to last episode, it is also our final movie superlatives episode. We've done a lot of these. We've done a shitload of them, and I loved like 99% of them. (laughs) Well, which ones didn't you like? I just don't give anything 100%, Calvin. (laughs) We... uh... Started movie superlatives back in August of 2018 and have done one a month since then. So there are a lot to fall back on. And uh, what movie superlatives is, is uh, a monthly series where we take a different different type of movie and give out some made-up awards to these movies that fall under that umbrella of whatever the type is. We've done things like road trip movies, time travel movies, uh, kung fu movies. Um, Will Ferrell movies. So sometimes we get really, you know, into the nitty gritty of it. Sometimes it's a little bit broader. And uh, we've done a lot, so go back and check. You can find one every four or five episodes in the back catalog. There is an episode of Movie Superlatives. If you like movies and you like what we do with this one, I highly suggest you go back and check out some of the old ones. Uh, But we give out five different awards, and we can't give more than one movie multiple awards, and we can't give multiple awards to the same movie if that makes sense makes perfect sense i said it perfectly one time and then i've, I've forgotten how legitimately over so what is that two years that's 12 months 24 months and another four month five months so 29 of these episodes i have gotten the uh the outline of what how we give the awards out i've gotten it perfectly right one time so that's that's good good shooting percentage you're shooting ridiculously well some drew holiday stuff right there shack at the foul line stuff right there shout out milwaukee bucks nba champions yeah go kidding go kidding uh, no kidding so for for this final movie superlatives episode uh we are doing franchise killing movies so these are any movies that cause the at the time contemporary rendition of any franchise to die uh whether they just decided okay we've killed this and we need to start over we need to reboot or if you know they ended at the top of their game either way the franchise ended for some reason it's you over know, it's over. over and uh so there there'll be no um fast and furious no mcu those things are still going strong they're hot right now yeah, I mean, they're uh, family did, tales, if you know what I mean. I did uh, put the qualifier in the notes. I, I hope you notice this, that each Star Wars trilogy counts as its own franchise because each one kind of technically ended and we never needed another phase to validate the previous one. Each one kind of feels like its own contained story, uh, but also part of a bigger thing. Yeah, George Lucas and Disney. Fuckers. Uh, I mean, I'm glad we have more, but we didn't. We never need it anymore, you know. I'm glad for uh, like 18 minutes of the other movies that we got. We'll we'll get there when we get there. 
And we're going to stay away from the MCU because uh, that definitely has not died. I mean, you could maybe say, like, the Iron Man franchise within the MCU is dead. uh, But we also just did an MCU episode two weeks ago. So if you want our takes on the MCU, go listen to that. Also a hot episode. Yeah, very good. Hansel, so hot right now. (laughs) So hot. I don't remember. Oh, the VCR kids did an episode on Zoolander a couple weeks ago and got it stuck back in my head. Sons of bitches. Love Zoolander. Zoolander 2? Not so much. Killed the franchise. Never watched it. You never watched Zoolander 2 or Zoolander 1? Zoolander 2. No. Come on. Zoolander 1 is iconic. I was going to say, what kind of piece of shit do you think I am? (laughs) So... Like I said, we give out five awards, and we give out the best and worst version of each award. So the best version is called the superlative, and we call the worst versions the succulatives. And we are giving out the best and worst franchise hero, the best and worst reboot, the best and worst overall franchise, uh, the best and worst cliffhanger for a sequel that never came. A lot of these franchises, they die, but they think they're going to get another sequel, and the sequel never actually happens because it ended up actually being shitty or the audience didn't like it so they moved on and did something else uh and the final category is the best and worst franchise ending and again that's whether they just cut it off early or they actually brought it to a a good close it's a weird thing yeah so let's do you have anything to say about your feelings on movies that kill franchises before we get into the awards Really, the fact that most of the time it's it's studio meddling. So I try not to hold it against a lot of these movies, but it's really fucking hard sometimes. Yeah, I mean, some movies are also just bad. Fucking terrible. It, and some franchises need to die, you know? <laughs> and they, they just won't let them. No! Never. <laughs> So, all right, before before you continue with your blasphemousness, uh, let's move on to our best franchise heroes. Uh, they have to be at least featured in the movie that killed the franchise uh, to, to be considered here. So who is your best franchise hero? This was super easy. Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I have the same thing. So Peter Parker and Spider-Man form. Of course. Uh, I have the Raimi trilogy yep, of Spider-Man. Uh-huh, 100%. Okay. Um, the third installment, man, that, I, it has its good qualities. I'm not, I'm not here to denigrate Spider-Man three. Name one. Uh, I could name like 50, but hit me with just one. Let me think here. Uh, the, the way MJ, (laughs) no, no, I'm trying to figure out the way to say it. The way Mary Jane feels kind of brushed aside by Peter uh, because people are finally liking Spider-Man and her career is kind of going down the toilet. I thought they portrayed that very well and how like Spider-Man has taken him over and he's kind of forgot what's important a little bit. I he thought that's very good. Slap the shit out of her too. That was not good. Well, yeah. That was, that was the symbiote though. We're going to blame that on the symbiote. We'll blame the right, jazz so, on the symbiote, too. <laughs> I mean, dancing Peter Parker, it's rough, but there's an argument to be made for it. I, I can make that argument if I need to. I'm not, I, I don't feel like I need to. I feel like I made it when we did a Spider-Man episode sometime in the past. I recently um, had this this argument with a co-worker, and it boiled down to, 
I get what they're trying to portray. It's just stupid. So, f- for the listeners who don't want to go all the way back, it's it's not that he is now cool and what he's doing is cool. He is doing what the nerd Peter Parker thinks would be cool. And But the problem is he's still a nerd deep down, so the thing that he thinks is cool is not actually cool. But he thinks he's really cool doing it. And, you know, that... It, it turns out rough for him, but it, I, I think <laughs> on a level, it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be cringy because it is it is someone who is not cool doing their best impression of what they think a cool person would do uh, and, and being very bad at it. Uh, totally valid points. I, I totally agree with you. I just think it's stupid. I hate it. And you can't take that so away So why do me. you like Spider-Man? From Spider-Man 3 slash Spider-Man 2 slash Spider-Man. As I, I used to love it, obviously, because it's Spider-Man. It was one of the first, you know, comic book movies that did a really good job. And it was really neat seeing, like, my dad super excited about it, too. Um, but as I've aged and rewatched these movies, they're a lot better than I even gave them credit for as a younger person. They're well-made. Fucking amazing casting of toby Maguire in the first one the second one to an extent i think he kind of aged out by the third one i mean uh, he he aged out in the first one he was way too old to be a high school student but literally he's still great was too yeah he was still great as peter parker and spider-man it's just they shouldn't have put him in high school oh no i mean well, it's believe it's believable ish in that first one um and it's really it's like two scenes in high school anyway so it's not yeah. that big a deal Maybe three. I I just the costume was insanely cool Very when you good. look back at it. They really go hard with you know getting some crotch shots in there a couple times. <laughs> On some Zack Snyder with Wonder Woman shit. Yep, just really creepy shit. <laughs> yeah, like inside you're just like man, they're really lingering on this shit. Honey, I'm I, getting I, something I, to eat. Fuck. I feel like Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker kind of fully fully embodied the idea of with great power comes great responsibility. Every time he had to be a hero throughout these movies, he did it, and he kind of carried that legacy of Spider-Man on in a way that he needed to. And like you said, this kind of kicked off the superhero uh, push. Uh, you know, Blade did it first, then X-Men came in, did it a little bit better. And then, but I don't think we have the state of superhero movies that we have today if it wasn't for this Spider-Man trilogy. Like, if this Spider-Man trilogy didn't come in and just blow people's socks off from step one to step 50, then I, I don't think we have what we have now. Oh, absolutely, man. And I, I put a lot of emphasis on the fact that, you know, that's something my dad really enjoyed. He was huge into comics. So that's the demographic you want to get. I mean, especially a movie. It was the first movie that really X-Men did it to a certain extent. And then Spider-Man really sealed the deal. Like, my grandparents thought that movie was cool. Like, they fucking hated everything. They thought every They watched Passion of the Christ on Christmas. That That's what they enjoyed. Like, we so, watched that. so I went to Catholic school and we had to watch that in, like, one of my religion classes one time. I fell asleep. I had to sit in the like, front row. I know row the story. I'm good. By myself. Because we showed up late to the theater. Thanks, Dad. And they were handing out tissues. <laughs> and then it was me, him, and my stepmom. And they got to sit together. He's like, I'm sorry, man. Whatever. It's front row. It's, 
It's all the walking of Lord of the Rings with none of the fun magical stuff. Yeah, literally none of it. And some scariness in there. It's really we don't even get Jesus. Shit. We don't even get Jesus doing any of his miracles. Like, come on. So we're gonna beat the fuck out of this dude for three hours. No one gets shit from this except tears. Yeah, we're gonna stop. We're only gonna stop the walking, not for magic and like invisible bad guys attacking. But we're gonna stop the walking just to like have somebody new beat the shit out of him for ten minutes. <laughs> it's, it's and then he's gonna walk some more and get the shit beat out of him again. Ten more minutes later. Then they're gonna I, don't, I don't know how we got the Passion heavy. of the Christ uh, with Spider-Man. I, I, I don't either. But anyway, so it, oh, because my grandparents, who are nuts. Oh, yeah. But it, it really did a great job of capturing that demographic because it, it, he portrayed being the underdog so well and just being, you know, like like you said, the, the nerd. Like, kind of nerdy, quiet people who, I mean, I can speak for myself. I was very much that way. Timid kind of pushed over by life and then you hopefully grow out of it but Tobey Maguire did a great job the writing was fantastic the atmosphere was even better it had just enough like pulp and corniness to make it endearing but at the same time it had pretty solid action and decent special you know for the time fantastic special effects and overall it's just a well-rounded series of two movies and then the third just took a dump all over it. I, I don't think it took a dump. I, I think there are redeeming qualities within Spider-Man 3. I also think that these Spider-Man movies laid the blueprint for something like uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight to happen. They showed that you don't have to go over the top with the superheroes and the powers and the villains and all of that. They They... While, you know, Spider-Man is not an incredibly grounded character because he can stick to walls and he has fucking webs coming out of his arms, the, the villains were always pretty grounded, they were, they were pretty uh, real to life, and the, the action was always kind of more realistic. And I think, like, Blade was kind of going the opposite direction there. X-Men were going the opposite direction. If you look at Blade 2, Blade 3, and X-Men 2, and X-Men 3, they were... They were continuously getting uh, more outlandish and, and farther Can't away be. from realistic. And and you saw it with the last two, the, the Schumacher Batman movies, same thing there. And then Spider-Man kind of brought everything back down to Earth and, and made this grounded superhero movie that then uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight could kind of build off of. My grandma took me to The Dark, or not The Dark Knight, but Batman Begins. I didn't like Batman Begins when I first saw it. I it's a little was. boring. What is it takes a while to get into Batman again. Hey, hey, Spider you don't call my movie bo bo boring. There's redeeming qualities about Spider-Man 3. Batman Begins is boring. You are just full of hot takes tonight. Uh, no, I'm here to say, yeah, Batman Begins, definitely boring. Had a train with the League of Shadows for two hours, come on. Nobody wants to see that shit. Where are the bats? Where are the bats? <laughs> <laughs> you pulled me out of my fury <laughs> thank you I we, couldn't, we couldn't do a final movie superlatives without having a batman appearance thank you batman for always showing up when we need you most you're not the hero we deserve but you are the hero we need i just need All to right. have you be a character in my story doing that voice the whole time i 
I don't know about the whole time. You're gonna have to give me like several weeks of uh, dialogue. Six lines. <laughs> yeah, I, I can Paul's do just like, three minutes at a time. Do you need a drink or something? What's wrong with you? No. <laughs> Alright, so let's move on to our worst franchise heroes. I don't think it's going to be Batman for anybody. Uh, who did you have for your worst franchise hero? Okay, so you got to roll with me here. They're the hero of their own story. And that's the Joker from Suicide Squad. In the whole DCEU continuity Is that a franchise? Universe. I would call it a franchise. Because How is it a franchise? There's only one movie, and it was Bat. And Batman was in three movies so i would call that a frame it's all in the interconnected world and if you got justice league but suicide squad didn't kill that franchise i am not suicide 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 squad fucking shit all over that franchise think about it ben affleck yeah but but then it's still four more movies after suicide squad what movies uh batman v superman was after suicide squad wasn't it aquaman was definitely after shazam was definitely after and three different versions of justice league were after it I'm not saying the DCEU as a whole was halted, even though for the most part it kind of fucking was. If Aquaman didn't make a billion dollars, it would have been shut the fuck down too. But think about it: Ben Affleck is no longer around as Batman. Henry Cavill no longer. I am not Superman. disagreeing that the you're DCEU... getting a soft reboot of the movie already. Right. So the Flash is what's going to actually end up killing the DCEU. Because they're rebooting everything, doing Flashpoint or whatever the hell they're, Crisis on Infinite, Flashpoints, whatever the hell they're trying to do. Flashpoint, we did a podcast on it, Calvin. We did. Go back and check that out. I I disagree that Suicide Squad killed the DCEU, but you've already picked it, so you, you got to go with it now. Because it did. It, it was so bad. It was so bad. And think about it. They built 90% of the hype for those follow-up movies off the trailers of Suicide Squad. Because they're like, oh, sick, these projects are going to be dope. Look at the trailers for Suicide Squad. People were decently excited for Jared Leto's infamous Joker. I think you were just looking for a reason to make fun of him again. That is the first time I mentioned that. Infamous is not a hot take. I was like, man, this dude's a real piece of shit. I'm, I'm not throwing low blows. I'm just stating facts. He was terrible in that movie. I, I'm not disagree i i again i think i i don't know and i've been on record with this that that is entirely his fault uh they gave him a shit script to work with and they took out all of his meaty parts out of it and then so him doing his weird thing never paid off fully it was just like let's throw some scenes in where he's being super weird and never like get to the point of why he's so weird or what that complete weirdness leads to because that's what the joker is it's not that he just shows up for five minutes and is weird it's either something caused him to be weird and and that's traumatic and we need to see that which is i mean they made the joker movie based on that or his weirdness has to lead to something like some not elaborate plan because he's not really like a planner but like there has to be a payoff in in some evil scheme that he's got going and just none of those things happened and and that's the movie's fault more than it's Joker's fault in the movie. I disagree. I think it's conjecture. And I also think it's hearsay. Because, I mean, I've heard two sides of the same coin. That he was a big problem. That he, you know, his version of the story is, 
Oh no, I didn't send in any of that nasty shit to my my co. Oh, I think I think Jared Leto is also a very weird dude and did some questionable shit. Right. Uh, so when he says, "I think when they cut out all my meaty parts," I'm not really buying what he's selling. I, even if they cut nothing from him, what they gave him to do in the movie was not worthwhile to have him in the movie. Like they they didn't give him anything to do. They just were like, "Here, show up, be weird for two minutes at a time, four different times, and then fuck off." Like you it, really think you need the Joker, like as a just no, having he, him for that a so, little bit of nonsense. That's correct. not enough to pull in an audience. Like you don't need you don't need to have a coherent story for the Joker. You can just have him for five seconds. That that's the whole point of the Joker, like you just said. It doesn't really matter what he's doing. It's the jo- it's the Joker. People are going to show for it regardless. Right, and they marketed it as this is the Joker's movie, and then he was in it for like twelve minutes, doing just just showing up and being weird for four three minute stretches, and then he's just gone. And so when you market a movie as like this is a new take on Joker, he's weird, he's out there, and he's got something going on, but then he doesn't actually have anything going on, and he just shows up and is weird for twelve minutes then you got sold something that you you'd and 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 instead your villain is actually enchantress like swiveling her hips for that was terrible too 20 minutes with a sky beam like that's you 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 had a villain right there you you could have used joker as your villain and instead you chose enchantress so either he needs to not be in the movie or you need to focus on him more well i just i don't think he was the point at all i think it was harley quinn correct and he's she he and herself they're just extensions of each other so i think he was there to give her something to do along with this she had something to do she had to start stop enchantress right but you said they need a lot to do correct that is a lot to do what other how else are you going to get a romantic triangle between the joker her and fucking will smith they're trying to nail all the heads it's sloppy yeah, oh, uh, 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 that's the, the point I'm making. That, so I, I'm making terrible. the same point that the movie the movie was sloppy, and that's not his fault that the movie was sloppy. They built a sloppy movie and threw him into it. Dude, Philip Seymour Hoffman has been in terrible movies, but he has never been terrible. Yeah, I just, Jared, Jared Leto's not the same person though. Like, I understand that. I'm just using that as a reference for the fact that. You can still be good in a great with nothing to do. It was just a bad take, and he he just it wasn't good. That's why I think it killed the franchise. I mean, if they already got a reboot it, with some of the same characters, some yeah, roughly they're basically reinterpretations of their characters, and you don't have pretty much anybody else involved with that movie coming back in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? I guess. We're just going to have to agree to disagree and move on, I think. Otherwise, we're just going to be arguing for the next hour on, on this point. No, this is a serious point. I, I need to take this home. I need to drive it until I beat that horse to <laughs> So my worst franchise hero is from Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Go in on. Bella. Is that her name? <laughs> right? I think so. Kristen Stewart's character. Like, she now, saves the world. How do you say she's the hero, Calvin? How do you know? How is she not? She's the main character of the movie. First of all, She She saves heroin. the world with her alien vampire werewolf baby. It's heroin. Fine. She's, heroin. she's the worst heroine. 
Uh, but I, I'm not letting Edward Cullen off easy either because he, he's just as bad. So it's both of them together are bad. Uh, <laughs> They're fucking awful. But I never watched that second part. Kristen Stewart's just awful. I don't think you need to watch the second part to understand that she's awful in all of these movies. Uh, every time she's on screen, you actively want to turn any of these movies off. And I don't think that is a great quality for the face of your franchise. I just want to That's throw like putting... shit at her. That's like Popcorn. hiring Chris Paul to be your, the face of your franchise. Like, nobody wants to watch Chris Paul all the time and, and be their number one player. But that people do, though. I know. Well, and people that's... fucking watch Twilight. I saw all four parts. People it's bad, dude. Twilight. Five parts. Yeah, five parts. Five. Yeah. They saw Harry uh, Potter and they're like, fuck, we gotta get on that train. Yeah, I mean, she, she just never has any energy or, like inspirational qualities throughout any of these movies um you know like i said ever Cullen is just as bad i'm not trying to just hate on the woman here or anything like that but at least Edward Cullen had some cool vampire superpowers going on bella didn't have any of that for most of this franchise uh and and then you know she finally gets him and gives birth to the alien vampire werewolf or whatever the fuck it is and um you know and then that's it she sucked She's not good. I I'll just hate on her with you. Just uh, Kristen Stewart literally has no emotion on her face. No. She just moves her mouth like her eyes are. She looks like a World War One veteran. I hate it because they keep putting her in what seem to be good projects, and I'm like, okay, well maybe she'll finally be good this time. And then I watch it, and it's the same, and it's I and it's awful. Antsy, quiet. Ugh. Yeah. I dread seeing her on on the screen. But yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. It's, I don't think it really killed the franchise because that shit was going strong. I mean, it's the end of the story. But but so I, I don't think you're understanding what I mean by franchise killers. And maybe we should have had this conversation more b- before we started recording. But the franchise literally stopped after that movie. Like there were no more movies after that because that was the end of the franchise. So her in that movie killed the fr- like it didn't it didn't murder the franchise. It just died of old age. It's just when franchises stop for any reason and, and start over. Okay. Or or move on, you know, whatever. I'm, just, I'm laughing at your franchise killer. It's it's not murder. The it doesn't have – it could be I mean, murder, but it doesn't have to be. Cinnamon. <laughs> for kill. No, I get what you're saying. All right, so let's move on to the best reboot of a franchise. Uh, I go first here. I went with Rocky Balboa into Creed. Man, Rocky Balboa is like a, a reboot, and then Creed was a reboot of the reboot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Rocky Balboa could... at least was like tied back to the first five Rockies, and I Creed was a little bit, but they were really trying to do something new with Creed, you know? And by 2015, most of the world, we had moved on from Rocky, and rightfully so. We had Rocky Balboa in 2006, it was fine, but it wasn't great. You know, they, they first ended it badly with Rocky five. They tried that one time. Wasn't good enough. So they bring back Rocky Balboa and it's still not good enough. So now Stallone's still continuing to age. You know, nobody is necessarily looking for more Rocky content in 2015, but then Creed comes and totally redeemed everything. Totally redeemed. Yeah. At Creed was just everything that we never knew we wanted in a boxing movie. You know, Michael B. Jordan as Apollo Creed's son is there. Ryan Coogler directing. Old man Rocky training Michael B. Jordan. It 
revitalized this franchise that had died three times in three different ways. And then it, it revitalizes it in a way that kept everyone actually wanting more. You know, reboots often don't live up to what the originals were. And they definitely don't usually lend themselves to further franchise development. Some do. A lot of them don't. A lot of reboots fall flat. But Creed, I think, absolutely pulled off everything that it needed to. And I, you know, Creed 2 wasn't very good, but if they make another one, I'm going to be there for it. Aren't they making another one? I think they are. I'm pretty sure they are. But I I think I read that uh, Sylvester Stallone just won't be in it. Yeah, he's but, he's done. He said he's done. I don't hope so. He's like 75. Yeah. He's still shredded, though. He's been more shredded than I ever have been in my life. He'll be back one more time. Like, Creed 7, he's going to be in it, and uh, he'll be boxing a fucking robot or something. Who knows? He'll be a robot? Yeah, probably. It'll be Terminator, Rocky, crossover. Skynet will have found a way. Instead of just, like, killing people, they'll just be building boxers beat the shit out of him to death the Balboa 1100 <laughs> BE 1100 wouldn't yeah, that it's... be something <laughs> it's just uh, shooting out taglines I'm, sure <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's coming they're gonna hear this and they're gonna be like whoa you know that would totally work Tim Cook's like right Skynet's there, already right listening there, anyways down. don't you mean Genesis uh, no, that shit doesn't count. What is your <laughs> best reboot? Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to no. be like, that's not a reboot. No, that's a reboot. <laughs> anyway, so Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, have you ever watched the 1968 original? Yes, uh, I have watched... Four of the five. I, I never got so there was it was like right after my first daughter was born. Uh, I would come home and I would watch them in the afternoon before my wife got home from work because I would get home earlier, and like my daughter would sit there with me and watch them. And then whatever happened, I just never got to the last one and have never seven years later I haven't gone back to it. So, but yes, I've seen most of them. You're not missing it. The the original was I, they're enjoyable. Solid. I, uh... They're not good, but they're 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 fluffy, good background movies. Like they're it, solid, just like throw it on and. If I'm like snoozing with my shit. kid, I yeah, totally. Great um, snooze movie for sure. Yeah, if I'm just chilling on the couch, the the '68 version I really enjoyed. That ending is fantastic. It's just a well-written movie, and then you get Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest, and Battle of the Planet of the Apes, all within a five-year period. That's the one I've never seen. That's insane. Five movies in five years. I mean, with such great effects, too. I mean, they're just beautiful. And then you get that shiny, beautiful turd in 2001. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch that, too. I I know it's bad, uh, but I saw... It's so bad. I saw it when it came out in theaters, and I was 12, maybe? 12 or 13? So, like, I don't really have – the only thing I remember – literally the only thing I remember for it, from it is Mark Wahlberg showing up and, with the, the Lincoln Memorial part. Like, that's the only thing I remember Monkey. from it. Yeah. I remember the sexual tension as an eight-year-old with Helena Bonham Carter's monkey. Yeah, no, like, I uh, – This is making me feel things. This is weird. Yeah, you – I – 
you could show me any scene other than the Abraham Lincoln one from that movie, and I would have no idea that that's what it's from. Other than, like, there's obviously man-sized apes. and I could probably guess, but I wouldn't know. Wear armor and yeah. ride horses and shit. Very odd. I, not a, I think Tim Burton, you could tell he did not want to be there. Like, it, it came through. And Mark Wahlberg, obviously, is just not a good lead for most movies. No. He's got a very specific niche. Uh, see the happening. Also, hot pile of shit. But let oh, me I thought you were saying that was his niche. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, terrible, awful fucking movies. Uh, but then they nailed it in 2011. I mean, I remember going to see. I was like, oh, James Franco. Nah, I like uh, James Franco. Uh, I didn't really see this as his type of movie. Like, you under- I mean, he's also kind of a niche actor he's a bit of an airhead very much so that's incredibly smart actually i don't care (laughs) but i'm just not gonna have you out here you know uh libeling james franco i gotta set the record straight this reboot was i mean andy circus really killed it as caesar Mm -hmm. he obviously has a knack for mocap and that's there's a lot of talent there the storyline was good. It was just a good time for it. It was a, it was a neat little sci-fi movie that it was kind of a breath of fresh air after. Man, the two thousands had a lot of shit movies, like shit rom com action movies. I mean, that was like all the fucking rage. And then you I get don't, this. I don't know what you mean by shit. I think you mean great rom com action movies. I mean Top Flight, Mister and Mrs. Smith. I will watch you every night. Uh, yeah, no, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is a great reboot. Uh, they, they, I think they hit it the nail on the head with what they were trying to do. Uh, the next two weren't as good. I, th- I think Rise was the best out of the three. I know a lot of people will argue that the third one was. Um, I thought they all three were. But I thought all three like good. held their place <laughs> where they needed to be. They totally didn't tank the franchise. No, I, mean, I left just it on a good note. Yeah, and I. I I think I like Rise more because the human story being told in Rise was better than uh, I know War of the Planet of the Apes is one. And what what's the middle one? I thought that was War of the Planet of the Apes. Maybe. Now I gotta look it up. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was the middle one, and War is the third one. Whenever he's got a gun, that's yeah. dope. I think I think America. Dawn is the most forgettable in the middle there, and then War was pretty good. But yeah, I just I liked I liked seeing the beginnings of it, and I think that's why I watched like all the '60s and '70s ones was because they start right in the middle of it. But then as you go through those five movies, they tell you how the world got this way and the causes behind it, and that's the kind of stuff I like is the world building around these things. So I think Rise like yeah. right out of the gate kind of gave you that rather than. Uh, doing the slow like it would have been one thing to start with war of the planet of the apes and then go back and see where it came from and rise right yeah that would be difficult. but i mean that's that's why i keep watching alien movies too because like i'm interested in how the aliens came to be and when what they're doing and why they're doing it and each one is worse than the last but i'm, I'm still gonna be there for it same with terminator yeah guilty pleasure <clears throat> so speaking of terminator let's move on to the worst reboot uh, with Terminator Genisys. You don't was, talk shit about that movie! Amelia Clark! Was, 
which was a re-reboot of Terminator Salvation, which was a reboot from Terminator 3. Uh, yeah, and and then so Genesis was so bad that they had to re-re-reboot it and bring in Dark Fate and just be like, nah, fuck it, nothing else actually counts except T1 and T2 and now Dark Fate. And I, I couldn't tell you, like the 2001 Planet of the Apes, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in Terminator Genesis. Uh, I know sh- Amelia Clark is bad and she's no Lyndall Ham- Hamilton. I will be here to cast aspersions on Amelia Clark until my last breath. Sorry, I hate her as an actress. She seems like a fine person, but I don't want to watch her in a movie ever. Sorry. I just remember being pissed off the whole time. The like reveal of John Connor just... as Terminator is the other thing. As a Terminator is the other thing that I remember, and that's just atrocious. J- and Jai Courtney can fucking piss off. He's terrible. He's and terrible. Jason Clark. Like, Jason Clark is... John Connor is bad. I, I don't like Jason Clark in anything. I don't he's even another know what the fuck else he's like. from. He, he is, like, the third lead in a lot of stuff, and he's always bad. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think we're at a point with the Terminator franchise that we just need to leave it alone. Like, the reason the first two worked so well is because no one had seen movies like either of them at the time of their respective releases. Now every other movie is a wannabe Terminator, and there's nothing that these movies can do to leave audiences in awe anymore. You know, when those first two came out, people had never seen this stuff done before in either of them. And so it was interesting to see what they could do with the technology of the time and the effects of the time. And now it's just not anymore. Like, there's robots in every single movie. There's, you know, there's, uh, I, there's time travel and, and aliens or whatever. Like, they do, other movies do the same stuff, and a lot of them do it better than what Terminator has put out since Salvation, I would say. And I think at this point they've tried every permutation of how to increase the stakes in this world and how to build the lore out in the Skynet verse and just nothing is sticking. So I think we just like need to move on from it until we have actual robot actors that we can get to play Terminators. <laughs> let's move on from the Terminator universe. Well, I just think they were fucked from the, from jump street, man, after, after two, because you may not enjoy them. I can still watch them and think they're fun movies. Like I enjoy, I can shit watch, I can watch Terminator three. I can watch, salvation i can watch dark fate i like dark fate more than probably either of those other two i cannot watch genesis it's oh no no, no no i'm not saying that i'm saying t1 and t2 are still in oh, my yeah, opinion yeah. fucking amazing movies no, like those, they're just yes. so well written so well directed the cinematography is unreal the acting so dope the sound effects the there's everything the storyline no, I, the, the I completely pacing, agree with it's that. It's all great. and They're I incredibly rewatchable, both of them. And, they and could ever capture that again. Exactly, that's the point I'm making. Is they're, they're, They need to stop trying because they can't do it again. And those two let's, movies exist, and you can watch them whenever you want. So, like, let's just have stick those, with those. Two. Yeah, let it pass. I mean, James Cameron probably can't do that much cocaine again and live. No, he's too old for that. He's he will underwater fucking film and avatars and whatnot piss off with that fucking series Blech. hate i i argued when we come when we come back to this in 10 years we'll be able to just give all these awards to the avatar franchise because they'll have all five movies by then maybe. fuck i hope so bullshit ass 
Uh, what did you have for your worst reboot? I went with some horror action, and I went with A Nightmare on Elm Street in 2010. Uh, I was, after Watchmen, I had never really seen Jackie Earl Haley in anything, so I was really pumped uh, to see him come out and play Freddy Krueger. I thought that was going to be awesome, and it was terrible. Everything about it was fucking terrible. Instead of just, okay, this is going to be really weird to say, but instead of a child murderer, he's a child molester, which for some reason in my mind or in like my gut, that just feels even more detestable. Well, didn't he molest and murder them? I've, I've seen I, the new one. I, I never I, saw the old ones. I um, couldn't say off the top of my head. He just murdered kids. In the, he just fucking murdered kids in the old yeah. one. He's run-of-the-mill serial killer. But this feels a lot more malicious. Mm-hmm. Um and instead of just being a ethereal being, like not really defined, he's a just a vengeful ghost. Like he, ooh, yeah, I remember fucking, all that. Who can just manifest, go create mass out of fucking nothing? Like well, what? I it it doesn't. It takes itself too seriously for you to suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I saw that when it came out. I'm, I'm not a big horror person, so I've never seen any of the classic ones. Um, I don't like the idea of my dreams using being used against me. And so, like, that's why I've never gone back, because I know the original ones are very good at, at uh, showing that. And I could kind of tell that the new one wasn't going to be. Like, I, I could tell from the trailers and all the marketing around it, that this was not going to scare me. It wasn't going to bother me. It wasn't going to leave me up at night. And it didn't. <laughs> um, and that that's a bad horror movie if, if you can't do that to me because I'm very easily scared. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and like I could tell that it wasn't going to be and I watched it because I, I figured that was a way to kind of get the, the ethos around Freddy Krueger without having to like fully dive into that old stuff that probably would scare me. And I did the same when they remade the Friday the 13th. I did the same thing with that one. And um, I watched that one first, and that's a little bit better uh, as, as far as, like, a movie goes. It's not great, but it's, it's a little bit better than that new Nightmare on Elm Street was. And that actually made me want to go back and watch the original uh, Friday the 13th, and I did. And, like, I'm not going to camp, so that stuff didn't scare me. Uh, but I, I, I fall asleep and dream every camp. night, so I, I can't avoid that, you know? Yeah, they used to scare the fuck out of me when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, the original Friday the 13th is better than the new one, but I, I think the new one has some merits as well. Yeah, I agree. And I also More think so than the, the Freddy Krueger does. The classics benefited from the time. Yeah, and the, the way they could build suspense. And now by 2010, when you're making these movies, you've seen all of these, you know, suspense building tropes played out at this point. And so the same scares aren't going to work in a 2010 movie as did in a 1978 or whenever these first ones came out yeah shit don't fly my wife's a huge fan of the original uh nightmare on elm street series so i've watched a lot and like i said i really think it boils down to the the reboot took itself way too seriously and i mean even Freddy vs jason was better in my opinion and that movie was hot garbage they did show you know a bunch of, I went and saw that with my grandpa once again. Man, I saw some weird shit with my grandpa. Uh, in my little, it was that or like Spy Kids three, and I talked mm-hmm. my grandpa into going and see that, and then just tits like the first fucking two minutes. I read that somebody <laughs> tweeted out the other day. It was like 
The next time you're watching uh, like an R-rated movie with your parents and there's a sex scene, it, to totally flip the the balance of power, just like look at them and go, "Is this the type of freaky shit you guys are into?" and get up and walk out of the room. <laughs> Ugh, gross. <laughs> I thought that was Power pretty funny. Like, could you imagine saying that to your grandfather watching Freddy vs. Jason in the first ten minutes of that movie? He would whoop my ass. Been like, Shh, the fuck well, that's up, why boy. you walk out. He would have caught me. Grandpa, is this shit. the type of freaky shit you like? Gross! Get out of here! My brother would have been like, yeah, me too! Alright, so let's move on to the best overall franchise. What do you got? Motherfucking Austin Powers. This is a hot take if I've ever seen one. This is a hot take. I was just driving along and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, Austin Powers, you know? Because that that movie redefined comedy for like 10 years. They It also has infinite rewatchability. All three movies to a certain... I mean, the first and second movies are obviously better. But the third movie is still very good. It's got a great cast of characters. It launched several careers it maximized several others and you know michael myers mike myers i don't know what he prefers yeah he's mike mike he's my not boy, a my boy mike i couldn't differentiate those two as a kid i always because i watched austin powers when i was young my mom put that shit on the tv i loved it it's hilarious but i was just like how is this guy michael myers <laughs> so he, is that why he doesn't day, talk? He's a super spy, and then at night he goes back to Haddonfield and murders teenagers? Is that what's going on here? Is that what's up? He's hairy. Gross. But those movies it are... also grows like eight inches? Uh, yeah, he's just huge and super strong. Well, I mean, the Chino Chop makes sense. But I mean, it... Austin Powers was everywhere. And I think for a series to, to crank out three movies, basically from the mind of one guy playing multiple characters that's that's really really hard to do and i think they they brought it in for a landing and you got some of the i think without austin powers 3 gold member did some some awesome shit people realized michael kane is michael kane's fucking hilarious i don't give a shit what anybody says he is funny in that movie beyonce she's multi-talented she's not just i mean she's still kind of she wasn't you know bay yet or whatever people call her now not quite she had i believe she had already split from destiny's child uh, but this it was, was early on in that yeah. she was dating jay-z already uh but yeah it, it that it was kind of the beginnings of queen bay coming up there you go but i mean she was super fine in that movie uh mike myers was hilarious uh gold member honestly if they were strange just kept dr evil and fat bastard it would have been hilarious still but i mean the parts where he's just like fucking wrecking mini me in that sack i i don't think i laughed harder in any of the other movies michael kane is hilarious seth green is you know progressing and to be you know, taking his father's spot and you got <clears throat> i don't know you got multiple facets they brought more serious tones in with uh you're my dad and you're my brother and as serious as that could possibly yeah, I get. think they went a little off the the radar there with the uh, but it worked everybody's related but I it mean worked. it worked as a joke it was at, hilarious at it was fucking hilarious and let's let me say this I don't think we would have got Tropic Thunder without 
Tom, or Tom Cruise's Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder without Goldmember. Maybe. I'm. I, he was hilarious. And, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey as fucking Doctor Evil. Danny DeVito as Mini Me. That was hilarious. Oh, that was hilarious. I need to rewatch all those movies. Yeah, uh, like I was watching three the other night, and it's it's. I mean, it's it holds up for what it is. I don't know if it technically holds up. Like, if you showed that to somebody who's like 17 years old right now and has no history with these characters or like the uh, the zeitgeist of the late 90s, early 2000s, they're gonna be like, "Whoa, this is rough." But I think they think if you experience rough. that, I, I think it it holds up to an extent of. Like it, there are still funny parts. There are things that at the time we hadn't really seen before in comedies, like you said, and and it, it definitely has its merits. I don't know that it's the best overall franchise ever. Uh, oh, dude, you're wrong. Best ever. I mean, it's but, it doesn't have gratuitous violence. It doesn't have nudity. It doesn't have any nudity. No. It they hardly curse. Like they hardly curse. Uh, <clears throat> so you know the big go getters. You know, every that's what sells sex and violence. They didn't really have that much of it. It was just you know funny. Uh, and and here's an interesting. I was talking to a couple co because they listened to the show, and I was talking to them about what we were talking about today. And I I mentioned that I thought the best franchise was Austin Powers, and this 21 year old kid, and I think he's 67. They both cracked a line at the same time. Steve, the 67-year-old, goes, yeah, baby, yeah, as he's walking by. And then the 21-year-old is like, a bong and a blitz? <laughs> that <laughs> part know, was funny. The, the smoke and a pancake is really funny. Smoke and a pancake? And then he would peel his skin off and try and eat it, and so it lost mm, all of its crispy. humor. Crispy. Yes, right, very, so very fucking gross. Let's get back into the real world here, where Austin Powers is not the best franchise ever. Uh <laughs> I'm going to take us to a galaxy far, far away because the Star Wars original trilogy is the best overall franchise. Uh, I think top to bottom, you would be hard pressed to find a better complete story told over multiple movies than the original trilogy. Um, It's amazing to me what these three movies were able to pull off as far as the iconography uh, of you know what space movies have taken from that and there being space movies made in the late 70s and early 80s and none of it feels stale even after 50 years i mean maybe little parts do but most of it doesn't and just 50 years yeah that's insane and like the the iconography of star wars still holds true like darth vader is widely known the stormtroopers are widely known the the rebel insignia, you know, if you show that to somebody, they might not know exactly what it is, but they'll know it's from Star Wars. Lightsabers are, you know, the the ubiquitous in in the lexicon. Like people know what they are, even if they've never seen Star Wars. You know what a lightsaber is. You know what a Jedi is to some extent. You know who Darth Vader is, and and all of this stuff has just stood for 50 years. And you can go back and watch any of these three movies, and they're not stale in any way. Um, and I think what really does it for the original trilogy is the masterful storytelling that we get. So wonderful. It, and it genuinely is fantastic. 
and audience just hold your jokes back about like Luke and Leia kissing because I don't think little things like that really matter. Like obviously George Lucas didn't have a fully formulated plan from A to Z on these three movies. And, and there are some little bumps in the road, but those don't matter because the, the way the overall story told is very important and masterfully done. You know, we enter this world knowing absolutely nothing about it in the same way that Luke does. And the audience only gains knowledge as Luke gains knowledge. And so we get to learn about this huge world right along with one of these main characters. And I think that's what makes it so compelling to keep watching. You know, a lot of movies, especially science fiction, fantasy movies, will like almost take a time out to dump exposition on viewers. So we know more than what the characters know. And, you know, they think because those movies think that we won't be able to understand it if they just tell the story and have the character learn along the way. They have to, to take a break and tell us what's going on. And that's not really fair to audiences. Star Wars never does that. They never dumb it down for us. Um, you know, they give you a protagonist who knows some things, but overall he's naive to the greater world. And he's in just as much awe of this world as we are about all these new things that he's discovering. You know, episode four, we learn that there's, this vast world and a rebellion versus the empire we learn the force exists and the jedi are these people that once used it and that's really it that we learn about that and you know most of that movie is just it's a it's about the mission of saving the princess and then destroying the death star it's it's not world building necessarily it's not lore building and then episode five we get a little bit deeper into lore we learn new details of the force and how they use it uh we learn really how far the emperor's reaches and and how powerful they are and, and what happens when you get on their bad side and then we learn luke's connection to darth vader and then episode six comes back and we learn even more if we learn what it means to be a jedi we learn what the emperor truly wants and how powerful he truly is and you know what it's going to actually take for the rebellion to win and most importantly that no one is beyond redemption through the eyes of the force and just the pacing of the information that we're giving about this world is masterful. And I think it's what makes Star Wars so timeless is they don't ever spoon feed you, but they don't ever overload you with information either. It's a slow burn. You learn as the movies go. Each movie builds on the previous one. You learn more lore. You learn more about the world. And at the end, the good guys defeat the bad guys. And it, it's just you, you see the progression from a to z even if all the you know g and l might be out of place it doesn't matter because the progression from a to z is done so beautifully you kind of nailed it i don't really <laughs> i don't really think i can say much else in regards to that outside of just the casting <laughs> casting yeah. was just so perfect and all all unknowns at the time i i think I think Harrison Ford had done some very low-level things. Um, yeah, I think he had tried and was basically failing as an actor. Yeah, he he was a carpenter on the side as well, and like that's how he really met George Lucas, is he was like doing work on his home or his friend's home or something, and and Lucas had him come in and interview for or not interview audition for the role. But hey, you're a good-looking dude. You wanna? Yeah. Be come, a space be a cowboy. Scallion? Yeah. You want to be a space cowboy? I mean, that sounds pretty cool. And so I rewatch the original trilogy every three years. That is something I was taught by How I Met Your Mother is you have to watch every three years uh, just to kind of keep it fresh. And so this is now the third rotation since I had my first daughter. And so the first time I watched it uh, with her being around, it was 2015. 
Uh, she watched it with me, but she wasn't really aware of it. She was less than one. And then, so we watched it again in 2018. She's four at this point, three or four at this point. And, uh, like, she started to watch. She probably watched, like, the first 20 minutes. And, like, I'm not watching this. And, and went on and did other things. She's like, bye. Uh, this time, I we just started the other day. She's actually watching it with me. And she's, like, kind of into it. She She's pretty interested. We're having to watch it in parts because we're watching it, like, before she goes to bed. So we get, like, 45 minutes a night. So we're most of the way through episode four right now. Uh, we got to finish it tomorrow night. And um, she, but she, she seems like she's actually interested to see what happens next. I wish my <clears throat> excuse me. I wish my child would watch Star Wars. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's hard. Like you gotta you gotta get it at the right time. And like I said, because I watch it every three years, it I, I just kind of offer it out there. And last time. They were really, they were like, yeah, yeah, let's watch Star Wars because we had some of the toys and things like that. And they started watching it and they, it just didn't catch with them. They're just like, this isn't interesting. So they went off and did something else and I ended up watching them on my own at a different time. Um, but she was, at, she was like, well, what's Princess Leia doing? Uh, where's Rey? Does Rey come up in this one? I'm like, no, we got to get all the way to seven, but first we got to go from four to six and then you go back to one to three and then you finally get to seven. She's like, is this Baby Yoda? I'm like, no, Baby Yoda's in a different show and that's kind of a grown-up show. You're not really ready for that. And well, what about this thing and this thing? And she's like asking questions and learning about it. So it was really, it's been really cool this last time to like kind of really engage with her on it. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty fun. All right. So what is your worst overall franchise? Worst overall franchise is The Hobbit. That's a good pick. Dude, very fuck good The pick. Hobbit. Every one of these movies is fucking dumb. They're bloated, unnecessary. The dialogue is fucking atrocious. The CGI is ancient. The character design sucks my fucking left nut. And legitimately is terrible. And the franchise is zero fun. I fucking hate it. I, I liked I, The Desolation uh, of Smog. Or parts of it. I remember watching The Desolation of Smog and being ready for the Battle of Five Armies. And then I turned on Battle of Five Armies and I'm like, okay, this is shitty again. Cool. Yeah, what is this hot bag of... <laughs> garbage so i don't know if the i don't remember if the whole desolation of smog movie it like kept me interesting interested or if it was just like the last 20 25 minutes uh it's just benedict cumberbatch yeah it probably was but by the end of it i was like i i gotta see what happens next and then i turned on the next one and i was like okay cool i'm done like i'm uh, i don't like this yeah no not a fan that's a very good pick yeah the I don't really need to get too much deeper into it. No, they it's, lost me it's within the first forty minutes of the first movie because of the dwarves' design. It's like, what the fuck? Why did these two guys look human? Or three guys look—they just look human, and then these other guys look cartoonishly stupid. Because Peter Jackson have, thought it was unnecessary too, and completely mailed it in. A hundred percent. You could tell after seeing after getting the Lord of the Rings. It's just like, what is going on here? kind of hot garbage is this all right so my worst overall franchise was divergent never watched them i heard they're atrocious though very bad shailene woodley is not good uh this was by far the worst of all the ya novels turned into movie franchises that try to piggyback off harry potter and and that's saying something because like percy jackson and the lightning thief exists and they made two of those seven books into movies and just gave up uh, Divergent made all of their books into movies, and it's all bad. Uh, 
uh, somehow they they continued I, i'm pretty sure the last movie wasn't even released in theaters and i wasn't released at all yeah i i believe they have finished whatever the the book stories were i think they made movies for all of them i lost interest after like the second one and each movie kind of got progressively worse i think i watched i definitely watched at least the first three it might have watched the fourth because my wife had read all the books um but yeah i i i don't know how this fell so hard so fast because the state of these movies like three years earlier was everybody wanted these ya dystopian future type stories and this one just i think this killed the whole idea of ya dystopian futures like nobody wanted it anymore after this it's that fucking bad huh i I guess i mean it's got some talent behind it like miles teller's in it people think shailene woodley is talented like there's good actors throughout this isn't that Aaron rogers's girl yeah 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 okay yeah okay somewhat Uh, familiar with it yeah i don't like her very much but yeah it, it it was bad fucking terrible all right so let's move on to the best cliffhanger for a sequel that never came i go first here with the amazing spider-man number two ah that's also what i picked it just it set the scene for what could have been a really great next installment you know spider-man's going against the escape rhino uh it's just a really great scene to end on because there's so much more to what this movie left hanging it's not just that battle that we need to see play out because it that battle really doesn't matter you know peter he's coming back from the brink after gwen's death was he really going to be the same after dealing with that uh was the sinister stick six actually going to make an appearance and what would that have looked like would they have meshed well together or would they have squabbled with each other would they be powerful enough to actually like give spider-man a run for his money i don't know what's going on with peter's parents because they keep kind of dropping these breadcrumbs of peter's parents are up to some shit in these movies not good shit yeah there there was just so much more that this series wanted to tell us and i wanted to know it all because again i love the world building around this stuff and i think that's probably what actually killed the amazing spider-man franchise is they had too many balls in the air at one time uh i thought it was all awesome but it was not a good movie no it's not a very good movie but i liked the ideas behind like the ideas that they were throwing out there for things to come and and the breadcrumbs oh, yeah. that they were laying i wanted to learn more about those things they stuffed too many of them into one movie but i thought they were potentially going in some cool directions i agree 100 percent. and my exact notes were even though i hated this movie and i hated the design of rhino and paul giamatti's fucking accent i wanted to see this so damn bad oh, paul giamatti is the rhino he's I'd just lo- going I'd, for it man i'd love it dude i love it but i hate it i love it but i hate it nah, it's like it's great yeah, it's something like you can't look away from the accent. It belongs movie. Like, I want to see that crossover. Like, Rhino needs to be going up against Dom and the family in the next movie. Dom would just, like, jump him. In that Rhino suit, I want to see it. That'd be sick. Universal, just, I know you're listening. Get, it make it happen. a Transformers crossover. And he's all of a sudden fist fighting with a giant Rhino suit. Perfect. Let's do it. Write it up. Give me all the money in the world. It's on. We'll make As Tyrese becomes the Green Lantern because they go back into space. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. Fast 10 Your Seatbelts in, in space. In theaters. 
July 5th, 2023. In space theaters. That's where the family is. Uh, yeah, the only thing that I'm happy that we didn't get to see was Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane. Like, I, I don't know that I would have been able to hold on to that. She's popping up in a lot of years. I, but I don't like <clears> her. <throat> she was supposed to be Mary Jane Watson. Yeah, they, they had shot scenes with her, but they got cut. Good. Yeah, she would have been bad. Alright, so, worst cliffhanger then. Uh, I went with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Really? Yeah. I know we're technically about to get another Indiana Jones movie, but it doesn't appear to be connected to at least Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, uh, because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull left it up for Shia LaBeouf to take over the fedora and the whip, and I don't think the world was going to let that happen. Nah. He wasn't going to let that shit happen. He's a sabotager if I've ever seen one. Well, I mean, he he had some alcohol issues and and drug issues. He just has some issues. Uh, I love Shia. He's great. Uh, this wasn't going to be it for him. You know, I'm really happy with the type of stuff that he's doing now. And it's probably best that this franchise didn't continue with him in it because I, you could, you could see it in Transformers. Like his heart wasn't it. Like he liked, I think he liked doing the first one and then the other ones, he was just like, nah, fuck this. And so if he'd gotten tagged on to another soul crushing franchise, that's already going into aliens and their first fourth installment, like. I don't think it. I don't think it would have taken for him. He he would have had a hard time with that. He would be probably dead. I could totally see that. As harsh as that is to say. What did you have for a worst cliffhanger? Worst cliffhanger. I had Terminator Genesis. See, I don't even remember the cliffhanger from that. So everybody lives, and Skynet still survives in an underground, protected area. Go figure. Fucking blow me. Blow me. You just gave me two hours of the shittiest fucking movie that you could possibly put to screen. Charged me $30 for two people. You went to a theater to see Genesis? I went to a theater to see it. It was like 37 bucks for me and my wife. And that's the only reason I didn't leave is because I fucking paid for this. I'm I'm watching the whole thing. (laughs) I'm such an ignorant (laughs) asshole sometimes. But I was just mad. I was just mad the whole time. It ruined my fucking day. It's no so lie. bad. Ruined I watched it at home day. and it come from my home and I was still mad that I wasted time on it. Ruined my goddamn day. We were, we were on like a date night and when I get really like pissy, like it it happens. Yeah, it's not, I just kind of. It's not going to be a good date night after that. No, it just infects everyone around me. And... Well, so I expected it to be bad because Amelia Clark was in it and I was just like, there's no way this is going to be good. She's, she's not good. Uh, I, was, I was still on her train, you know, I was still in her corner, and then she did that to me. Like, even Solo. Like, I like Solo as a movie, but she's not. Like, I don't like anything she no, does she's in not it. good. No, she's not good. <laughs> I like every part of Solo other than her, and, like, that's kind of shitty to say, but, like, I, she's just, she doesn't do it for me. Donald Glover. So good. Yeah, he's good in everything. Alright, so let's move to the best franchise ending. How they wrapped up the franchise very important here what do you got i chose the return of the king of the lord of the rings series good choice being the only the only gripe i would have is they didn't have the battle of the shire or whatever from the books but the ending was fantastic plus that movie ended 18 times so you got several endings yeah basically but 
I mean, they, they just, they did such a great, you bow to no one. Like, that is such a great line. It was, it was an awesome way to end the movie and then to see how everyone kind of lives their life, or at least Frodo and, and Sam, who gives a fuck about Merry and Pippin, you know, they can fuck off. But you, you learn kind of how the the rest of the fellowship goes on. So I think that's that's pretty fucking awesome. And to finish with, like I said, with Austin Powers, I really wanted to put Lord of the Rings, you know, as the best franchise. But the ending was we much We could have had the Clerks 2 argument if you'd done that. Fuck my life. Clerks 2 sucks. They're making a Clerks 3. They're filming it in like two weeks. No, I just mean that's the argument that Randall has in Clerks 2 with, like, that one customer. They argue Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, 100%. Star Wars. Oh, let's walk for for more. Let's just keep walking. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, here's a tree. Let's walk with the trees now. You don't get it. So good. Love I like Lord of the Lord of Rings. Rings. I need to rewatch it. I've never read the books. Um, so, like, the only recollection I have is the first time I saw Fellowship of the Ring in theaters and walked out halfway through because it was just walking, walking, walking for an hour and a half. And there's still another hour and a half left of the movie. Uh, and I wasn't there for that shit. Um, yeah. My dad felt the same way. He hated that shit. He paid someone to take me so we wouldn't have to go. Well, then, so when I rewatched it, because I, I was in this. Uh, in, in my English 101 composition class, the, the teacher really liked The Lord of the Rings and liked the, the Lord of the Rings movies. And he was like really talking about, about how great the movies are. And, you know, they, they start off as a slog, but like just how perfect they are at storytelling in the same way I was just talking about Star Wars. And, and you know, he was going on and on about it. And I was like, I should really give them another chance. You know, I, I just got to make it through that first hour and a half. And then it sounds like this stuff is really cool. And I eventually did that. And it, that everyone's right like they're great movies it's just that first hour and a half of fellowship of the ring is boring af see i i'm kind of uh biased because it had me the first 35 seconds of the movie that opening scene the opening scene is really great going along that line of of swordsmen you know the elvish swordsmen as they Mm -hmm. in sync kind of bring up their weapons and it's I'll that agree that me. the first like, scene wow. is dope. Uh, but then the, the next, so after the first three minutes, the next hour and a half is not dope. I was willing to give this hard disagree. I was, Had I was, tension. 13-year-old me was bored out of my mind in a movie theater. I could see that. I mean, I was young enough, and it was just something I really enjoyed. And I just started reading the books, and don't get me wrong, the books are, are great for what they are. They're hella dry. Just like, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire can be incredibly dry at times. And sometimes the show did things better than the novel. I think the ending did things better than the novel. Like, it, it was contrite. It was it was good. I enjoyed it. I think it was the best franchise ending that you could have possibly had. And as a whole, you know, as a beginning, middle, and end, that last installment of that franchise was out of this world. And they wrapped up pretty much everything you could possibly want really well i'm not here to disagree with you i think you're right but i'm also going to disagree because my best franchise ending was oceans 13 you know that's a good pick dude i love the oceans movies so much yes each movie 
is perfect in its own unique way and oceans 13 doesn't really disappoint in in that venue uh each of the oceans movies i think could have finished the series out properly and tied everything together nicely but oceans 13 kind of goes above and beyond that like oceans 11 ends on a good note everybody gets their money everybody's happy the uh you know terry benedict gets screwed over great oceans 12 comes back they steal the egg they prove they're the best heist team uh they you know the night fox gets screwed over great everybody's happy good end of the series nope now we're gonna do oceans 13 not only did they get their money that they were after or like the diamonds or whatever it was which you at least need in a heist franchise but they also get revenge on al pacino for screwing over ruben and they make fools out of all of their past enemies as well so it's not just al pacino they go after Terry Benedict and screw him over again. They go after the Night Fox and screw him over again. They screw over the Cougar Lady that works for Al Pacino. And then they help out some people who help them along the way. They rig that little slot machine for the reviewer that got screwed out of his room earlier and they put bed bugs on him and all that shit. So he gets a happy ending. It's just so much fun to watch them get away with all of this and leave everybody else in complete shambles. Isn't it? It, it really was. Like, you fucking suckers. I still remember the first time I watched Ocean's 13. I was in the house I lived in. It was junior year of college. I was watching on my little-ass, like, 20-inch TV with the built-in DVD player. It might have been, like, 27-inch. And oh, I remember I'm those. watching it, and as soon as it ended, my first thought was, they just absolutely owned every other person in this movie that's not in their crew. And it's awesome. And I'm here for it. Yeah. And I, I think at this point in that franchise, that's the only thing that they could do could have done better than the previous two movies is they had to there's no way to up the stakes because they've stolen everything. And there's only so much you can steal and continue to be interesting. So the next thing you have to add to it is to steal for somebody, leave them in shambles, and then the last step to add on to that is you steal from someone and leave just everything in your wake demolished. That's not you and your crew. And they did it. Right, and just walk away, like, sky fucking free. Yeah. Good job, Ocean's 13. Bad job, Ocean's 8. You uh, you almost qualified for the worst reboot, Ocean's 8. I, the cinephile friend of mine that I talk, I've talked about a couple times, he almost gets, like, violent when he talks about that movie. It's he so bad. It so fucking bad. I don't think it's worse than Terminator Genesis. The thing about Ocean's 8 is... They had all the pieces, like all of the actresses they got are incredibly talented and they're all good at something, but they had them each doing something that they're not good at. And it it, it, it just nothing worked in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it ever. Shouldn't. All right. So what do you have for your worst franchise ending? Is it Ocean's 8? Should be Ocean's 8. Nope. It's Blade Trinity. Come on, Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel. Fuck that movie, dude. That was so dumb. Let me just say this. How how the fuck are you going to have a movie where... So they released... The, it kills Dracula. The first vampire doesn't kill Blade because he's half human, so his heart slowed down just enough that he basically goes into hibernation. All the other vampires are basically dead, and then he wakes up and he's just like, hey, let's hunt some goddamn vampires. Fuck off with that shit. That movie was terrible. Well, you can't kill Blade. He's the Daywalker. Yeah, you could just retire that motherfucker. Why don't you go join, a, become a private PI? You'd be great at it. Him and Jessica Jones out there hunting people down. 
Yeah, that's exactly what we need. Another sex scene between Jessica Jones and Blade. I mean, sure, why not? That'd be, uh, that'd be some crazy-ass offspring. I went with Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And the reason it's the worst is because I wanted it to be good. Everyone wanted it to be good. And it has some, very few, redeeming qualities. And there are some things, there's a good story somewhere in that movie. It's just not anything that they put on screen. <laughs> and The movie was shit, dude. I mean, we've we've talked enough about it, so I'm not going to sit here and trash too much on it, just like because that's been done to death. And we've even talked about it. We did a whole episode on this movie right after it came out. It's just incredibly disappointing how bad it ended up being, and it could have been so easy to finish this series off on a good note. Even if you don't make the best movie ever, there are a million ways that you could have ended this, the sequel trilogy, satisfyingly. And yeah, even just remotely satisfying. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think there's any one thing that you could point to that that is the cause of the disjointed mess of what this movie became. I think every individual contributor, excluding the actors, because all the actors are phenomenal in all three of these movies, every other individual contributor is somehow to blame in some small way or another. And the biggest issue with it is that they try to somewhat tell the story they wanted to tell, but they also try to take into account angry fanboy reactions to the previous two movies. And that's always going to be an issue because no two angry fanboys have the same issues. They just, they tried to half-ass address each of them and also tell a story where those criticisms don't actually matter, which is what they should have done is just tell the story they want to tell and not worry about whatever the criticisms of the past two movies were. You're, you're never going to go out there and please everybody. So you have to try to at least please someone. And that should probably be the creators of the movie. And this movie spent so much time trying to please everyone that it just pleased no one. Like, it didn't do anything good for anyone. I'm one of the biggest Star Wars apologists out there. I will, I can find something good to say about every piece of Star Wars media that exists. I can defend it in some way. And I, it, just because I love this world and I love everything that's been built around it, and it's very hard for me to find redeeming qualities to defend Rise of Skywalker, and I think that's a problem. When, when you can't get the support of your biggest apologists, the people who are always there to ride for you, who are always the ones arguing against whatever these dumb, angry fanboys say, when they're even like, yeah, you know, they should have done something better. That's a problem. Uh, yeah. You remember how pissed off I was when I went and saw that? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't leave pissed off because, like, I saw the bones within it of, of like, what they could have done. And I'm like, yeah, I'm what, just going to kind of take those pieces and put them in my mind together and be like, that's going to be my story. And I'll, I'll leave out the, the dumb bullshit. And it just, it, it's very hard to defend. Like I can, I can defend attack of the clones. I can defend phantom menace. I can defend any other movie. I can defend any book that I've read. I can defend any of the cartoons. I have a hard time defending rise of Skywalker. And if I watched it again, I would find some things to defend in it. I, yeah, it, I just it don't totally know that's worth know. my energy right now two weeks later and then you'd be like you know what fuck that i don't even care anymore in in uh two more years when i get to because i so the way i've split it up is i just do a trilogy every year i do original trilogy then i'll do prequel trilogy then i'll do sequel trilogy so in two years when i get back to the sequel trilogy maybe i'll i'll have a little more hope in it or, or just be able to 
turn my brain off because I'm going in. I'll know it's bad. Kind of like I did with Genesis, right? Like I know it's bad, so I won't be expecting too much and I'll just be able to kind of take it for what it is. Maybe we'll see. I wish you the best of luck, sir. I'll let you know. Two years, we'll be back to to tell you how that rewatch went. I mean, I'll I'll rewatch it with you. All right, so we're on to our final segment of our movie Spurless episode, and that is, what would you do, Nick? What franchise do you never want to die? The Avengers. Yeah, I don't think that's going anywhere. So you're you're lucky there. That's honestly, I, I really, really thought about it as best I could. And I was like, you know, what franchise do I never genuinely want to die? I, I, I want to pick an uh, animated movie. Initially, I wanted to pick the My Hero Academia movie franchise, but it's mostly a, a show. Um, and then I just landed on the Avengers. As long as I keep getting an ensemble comic book movie every couple years, I'm a fucking happy man. They do such a good job of telling different stories, and and the way, coming from the world of comic books and the world of Marvel comics, they're never gonna run out of stories to tell, and they're never gonna run out of new characters to introduce. If no. one of the if if Shang Chi doesn't work out and it's just a bad movie, boom, they move on. They they bring in somebody new. You know, they they make Moon Knight jump from Disney Plus to they give him a movie now. They do, they do things like that. There's always another character to throw in. And there's always something more to do. And, you know, if you get far enough away from it, you bring in an alternate timeline version of Tony Stark where now we have a different actor playing that role. You know, or you bring in Riri Williams or, or you do something like that. There, there's infinite possibilities of what they can do in that universe. And I, I don't see a way that it dies other than just people get Boy. absolutely sick with it. I, and, I don't see that happening either. And so I think... Star Wars has so Star Wars isn't my pick, but I I think Star Wars could have positioned itself to be the same way. There's an infinite galaxy far, far away that they could have literally done anything in, but they kept coming back to these Skywalkers and it and I, I think they're eventually going to, to move beyond it. And even like their spin-offs, Rogue One had to had to it had to tie into reading leading right into a new hope. Solo. We had to tell the story of Han Solo instead of telling something else. Even like the Mandalorian, that that was its own thing for most of the first season, and then the second season took all this time to go meet Ahsoka, you know, tie it back in. Which I I loved it when he met Ahsoka, and that was dope as hell. But like they keep bringing it back to these old properties instead of like let's expand the world, let's see what's out there because you have this in, you have infinite possibilities of things you can do, and and what they're doing with the High Republic novels and comics right now is they're starting to do that. These are all new characters. They're all new things. Like the only being that we know that's alive at the time of the high Republic. And, and that's in, you know, any of the Skywalker series is Yoda. And they always just kind of like half mention Yoda. They're like, Oh yeah. Master Yoda says this, but I don't like doing it that way. And, they, and they're exploring all these new and different ways to use the force because these Jedi back in the high Republic days weren't afraid to like, just try shit out with the force. They're just like, I bet I could do that. And then they try it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And they kind of rework and, and do something else. And I think that's really cool. And they need to take that out of novels and bring it into movies and into TV shows rather than just constantly tying back to, well, let's go to Tatooine. Let's go to Naboo. Let's do these things. Let's let's tie it to the things people know so that way they know what's going on. Let's and I don't know that Skywalkers. they need that. Yeah. No, we don't need it. I'm sick of it. 
and, and I think like I think Marvel's finally figuring that out is we don't have to tie these things. like Guardians of the Galaxy proved that for them is we don't have Ant-Man. to have a big name hero in these movies. Right. And but as I, as long as the well and the Avengers are some of the just the best of all of them. Mm-hmm. Which you could easily fuck those up being an ensemble movie. It's it wouldn't be hard, but at the same time you know, if you do it right, you do it fucking right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think we're going to further see that with Shang-Chi, with the Eternals. We're going to see that, like, you, you don't have to tie everything back to Tony Stark or Captain America. Like, these these characters can exist on their own. And then if they need to all come together, great. If they don't, then we'll leave them out. Uh, but they can still exist. So, I, I, I think... I, I don't see the MCU going anywhere anytime soon. No, no, it's not happening. Uh, my actual pick for what franchise I never want to see die is the Fast and Furious, obviously. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> it's it's gotten to the point where it's completely beyond parody, and I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. They know what they are at this point. They keep coming back for more. They bring in more characters. They do crazier stunts. It's always watchable. Uh, it's, it's literally never... Austin Powers, but with cars. Yeah. And, and Vin and Diesel. Not muscles. quite the same type of humor. Well, um, yeah, but it's it's same vein. Yeah, and, and they just... They know what they are. They show up. They do it. People want to see it. And so people see it. It it You never go to a Fast and Furious movie and you walk out and just be like, that was shit. You never walk out and say that was the greatest movie ever, but... They, they have found their my, niche in the middle yeah. of the road as this action movie that people can just go see and watch stuff blow up. Yeah, you turn your brain off. Yeah. Uh, F9 was the least watchable entry, I think, that I've seen in a while just because it was a little too bloated and it, it, almost two and a half hours long. Like, we just don't need that in these Christ. movies. Give us two hours. Give us three or four car stunts that we've never seen before. 20 mentions of family. 10 mentions of Corona. We're going to be good. You know, no one needs to try too hard here. Clearly, no one does. So let's keep it that way. Just make, <laughs> just keep, give, give, pump give them out. Yeah, yeah. Just give me more. It it does look like there's probably only going to be two more entries in the main series here. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw spinoff looks like that's going to keep going a little bit. There's a rumored Cipher spinoff with Charlize Theron's character uh, that may li- live beyond this as well. The only thing I have to hope is that in these last two. Uh, entries or uh, there might be more but it, it seems like it's really just going to be two is that you know the rock comes back he gets back on the team for one last movie you got to bring him back even though tyrese hates him and Dwayne and uh, Don, uh fucking vin diesel hates him like, hates him that's fine we got to get the rock in just for one last movie and they need to team up against Charlize theron's character and idris elba's character like i want those two to be the big bad of the final movie those two would be a formidable force together Hell yeah. And the last thing I need from it, I know, I know it's bad to say this, I think Brian has to at least be at the barbecue at the end. You just, you get one small scene with his brothers the stand-ins like they did for Furious 7. You know, I don't need him in the whole movie. I don't need him doing any stunts. Just at the table at the barbecue. He's got a corona. He says grace for one last time. I think Paul Walker's ghost is going to be happy with that. I would hope. You I mean, know, it's I, the, one of the better send-offs you can get. Yeah, and in in F9, spoilers, if anyone gives a shit, and it's not really a spoiler, like, they're all sitting at the table doing the barbecue like they do at the end of every movie, 
and uh like dom looks at mia and is like oh is brian coming i thought he was coming and she's like oh yeah he'll be here he's he's running late and then the last thing we see is his blue skyline like pulling up to dom's house uh but like he doesn't get out and it just shows his car and i'm like that's you know that's what we should expect from like brian's involvement in this thing because we can't just forget that he's there because they didn't actually kill him uh but i think we also need like i think we need a real i don't i i would i would want to see brian at that last barbecue i think that would really bring it home yeah of like this is really the end we we made sure we brought him back we did it in a good way we're we're not coming back to this dom's not coming back tyrese isn't coming back tej isn't coming back like everybody's gone this is it it's fucking over the rock can do what he wants in hobbs and shaw but that shit doesn't matter pretty much it's fucking over it's over like vince carter in the 2000 slam dunk contest over just like this show after next week about to be over yeah you got anything else on franchise before we close this one out our final movie superlatives i do not all right me neither we we talked them to death we've killed all these franchises to uh, death some of them we murdered some of them died of old age and uh thank you for listening you can follow us on twitter if you have any thoughts about how franchises ended uh that's at apa something and at alone underscore podcast uh as i've mentioned several times next week is our last official episode here uh there may be one-off times where we come back in the future we haven't figured that out yet but next week is the the series finale of a podcast about something we're going to be doing a clips show of a podcast about something where nick and i We'll be playing clips from old episodes and trying to guess which episode they came. We'll have a list in front of us so we can kind of tell. And we're going to try and guess. And whoever gets the most right gets to take home forever the podcast about something trophy. I got a real trophy. I'll tweet out a picture sometime. I'm pumped to see this trophy. I want it. It's a fucking good trophy, too. I bet. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to that'll be next week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter for more info. That's at APA something at alone underscore podcast. I think I already said that, but that's fine. Uh, as for our next projects, uh, I will be moving on to the magic number is three when it comes to TV podcast. And that is where we break down uh, season threes of different show TV shows throughout history. Uh, me and my friend Chris will be doing that. That will start mid August. There's a couple episodes out there like introducing the show and introducing the, the first show that we're doing. Uh, season three four which is breaking bad so you can head over to that uh stream right now and and kind of hear those intro episodes there there that's the magic numbers three or the magic numbers three when it comes to tv you could type in either you'll find it on your favorite podcast app and nick why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you are all alone uh epic science fiction narrative podcast it's super dope uh we're about to drop episode 45 damn so lots of content out there for you if you like a science fiction tale of you know swords and steel and blood and violence and all that good shit check it out start at episode one don't do like i did when i first found out about nick and his show and start like episode 13 doesn't make sense Got to start. It doesn't one. make any sense. And what I did for these folks is I went ahead and I made a compilation episode. So the first episode in that feed should be the a compilation of the first eight episodes. Boom. So Roasted. two and a half hours, you're all good to go. Nice. 
All right. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to those cats for providing all the music for a podcast about something. We're going to see you next week for our series finale. But until then, you stay sassy. Stay classy.